This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage closet. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirtless, not bad shirtless. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kirk Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Well, we are in the thick of things. It's holiday party season. Things are ramping up. And I can't believe that I am going to say this, but I hated this movie. It was so bad. I'm surprised. I, Les, I thought you were going to like this. No, I wanted to like it so bad. You don't I was know gonna... how badly I wanted to like it. I, I, just, I, yeah. I just thought... It, like out of the gate it felt like they were trying to go for campy like they were trying too hard to make it campy but it needed if they were gonna do that it needed to be a little bit bitchier yeah like I wanted to get my hands on this movie and fix it I could fix this movie well the irony is is at the end of the movie there's something that happens that is really the cue that they should have taken in writing the script for this movie. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this movie wasn't made for me. I'll tell you, there was, there was nothing about this that appealed to me, interests me. And I, I got all the jokes. <laughs> you know, I am an avid soap watcher. I love I don't know my who, soaps. I love my nighttime soaps. I don't know uh, all the ladies. I love an old lady. I love an old lady on a soap. You don't know all the and ladies, Kurt? They were in this? No, I didn't. I don't know who the dark-haired woman was. Well, that's Linda no, Gray. Ellen. She was, was on Sue Dallas. Ellen. Sue okay, Ellen. I never watched Dallas. What? I never, no, I never watched Dallas. And then... Um, I didn't know there was a blonde woman that was holding up pretty well. Donna Mills. Donna Abby. Mills. She was a Nazi. You know she's 80 years old, right? She is? She's like 79, 79 or 80. Wow. Well, Dolly Parton was talking about how certain, you know, plastic surgery, she says it settles in. You don't know how well it's going to settle in. She was for Kenny Rogers. It took about... 20 years for to settle in okay well anyway for her for, for, for donna mills I, I recognize the name donna mills what was she on like falcon crest landing how dare you what, never watched landing. it never saw it never how saw dare it. you but i didn't know all the ladies i know morgan freeman and laurie anderson wait, um morgan fairchild you mean morgan. <laughs> and morgan uh, freeman was donning a blonde wig yes Morgan Fairchild, um, Racine from Paper Dolls. Laurie Anderson, 
Lonnie um, Anderson. And yes. I knew Jennifer from WKRP. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, yes, of course. She was also in Stroker Ace. Um, yeah, I, I knew the rest of the people. And Paige from Not Landing. Well, I never watched that. I watched all of the shows. And I refused to look up to see who they were. I was not going to okay. give them the time. Well, Actually, it was a passive-aggressive attack on you, Les, for making us watch this movie. I said, I'm not looking up who these people are. <laughs> I'm well, just not going to know. You know who I bet you did look at? <laughs> you know who I bet you did look at? Christopher Do you Atkins. have Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Okay, this is from uh, dailymail.co.uk. But this was all in many different news outlets. Uh, Black China and Tiger settle their years-long custody battle over son King Cairo 11 with the once-feuding exes agreeing to joint custody. So they've been going back and forth on the issue of custody and financial support for 11 years. Oh, no, I'm sorry, for their, for their son King Cairo 11 for years. But the once feuding exes have settled their differences and have come to an agreement for joint legal and physical custody of their preteen child, TMZ, reported on Friday. Both will also have the right to make decisions about King's health, education, and general uh, welfare. Although Tiger requested full custody of their son, China will have custody of her son from Friday through Monday, and then Tiger will take over for the rest of the week. Under the new arrangement, Tiger will not have to pay child support to his ex. Um, the court also ordered each parent to not speak disparagingly about the other around their son. And both stars have to enroll in a program that will monitor the conversations between them about co-parenting. China dated Tyga for three years after meeting on the set of his music video, Rack City, in 2011. The exes welcomed their son, King Cairo Stevenson, in 2012 and were briefly engaged before calling it quits in 2014. China was seeking reimbursement for the money she spent on the custody battle as well as child support. In October, China reportedly turned to selling clothes, purses, and shoes to stay afloat amid the pricey court proceedings, which has netted her around $178,000 so far. At the time, she stated that she could not keep custody, keep fighting for custody of her son without financial help from Tyga. The cash-only singer, born Angela Renee White, also said that the local Contigo rapper was only allowing the spear son for 24 hours each week. That's pretty much it. It goes into like the background here, but it's, um, we've got the pretty, we, we've got the news down here. Well, that's good. Good for, good yeah. for Angela. I guess this is part of her turning her life around, you know? Yeah. I wonder if part of what drove her to stop doing the OnlyFans and, and, try to improve her image was related to this custody battle. I could see that for sure. Hmm. So she would look presentable in court. Well, not just look presentable, but actually be. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, like I think, you know, maybe a concerted effort to be a better parent and be more involved. And especially if her son is 11 now that, you know, that's a crucial time for kids. Mm-hmm. And especially you like people, I always wonder like people on reality shows, like on the Real housewives and even black China to an extent, people who have older kids, I always wonder how the kids 
get along in school because other kids can be assholes, you know? Yeah. And I, I, and I always wonder if, you know, the kids are like, oh, I saw your mom, you know, my dad saw your mom's only fans and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And oh, even yeah. in the kinds of schools they're going to be in where there's a bunch of other, uh, offspring of famous people, there's like a bit of a caste system built into that, depending on how famous your parents are. Right. And how ratchet. Yeah. I read, or no, I heard an interview with Alan Zweibel, you know, the, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the original writers of SNL and he's written different things. And he was talking about how he wrote the movie North was actually based on a book that he wrote North. And so Rob Reiner, no, I mean, yeah, Rob Reiner was, was the director. Yeah. Roger Ebert did that infamous review where he said, I hated, 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 hated this movie. And uh, Alan Zweibel said his son was, like, bullied for this. And he said his, his wife was even kind of harassed. People would say, I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Oh, like, sure. who, who is bullying somebody's son because of a review from Roger Ebert? What a weird way to give a sick burn to a child. People, yeah, but you know. Some, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, it's such a, like... It'd be one thing if the the kids thought the movie were bad and they said that, but the, <laughs> give it the kid hell because Roger Ebert gave it the thumbs down. That's just so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Roger right. Ebert has some power back in the day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> all, Roger Ebert. All, do, yeah, all the sucks. kids watched uh, Siskel and Ebert back in the day. It was Sesame Street. I watched And it Mr. Rogers <laughs> and Siskel really and Ebert. Hurt? Yes. I watched Cisco and Eber when I was a kid, up and uh, up until when it was, you know, until when, when it was I was an adult, and it ended because they died. Thumbs up. Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, let's let's get into this. Okay. <laughs> Ladies My of the eighties, a diva's Christmas. Yes. So. We're in Beverly Hills. Right out of the gate, by the way, I was I was already annoyed. the The establishing shot of Rodeo Drive is outdated. Yes, it's it it's an outdated shot because there's a a famous menswear store um called House of Bijan that's on Rodeo Drive, and it moved to the other side of the street. This establishing shot had it on its old side of the street. Yes, I was already annoyed. And then they showed Malibu, and they just showed all the different, you know, L.A. haunts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we're at a photo shoot, and it's a fake winter scene with fake snow. The director's being a dick and ordering people around. You dick? Oh, yeah. You dick! The grip is like, whatever. And... The director is hot, though. Oh, he was very hot. Very hot. hot oh, I, hot oh, I did see action. that from the beginning. There was an unattractive man working on the production. They had to, they had to kind of shoo him away. Oh yeah, so he looked not... a little bit like a straight Bruce Valanche. <laughs> well, I knew this was a movie either made for, I guess, for like, I don't know who's this movie made for. Is it for women and gay men? Pretty much. Mo- yeah, so yeah I. Screen, I think you know. what they realized is that 
like all these women are famous for these shows uh, that were were targeting women audiences, but those shows always had like sexy men on them, which is what would really draw people in. But then people like the larger than life characters, so they'd stick around. But I think they realized yeah. that people were going to tune in just for these women north of sixty. So they're like, okay, we need like hot young people in here too. Yeah. So, so we find out that the, that their show, the soap opera, The Great Lakes, is coming back for one episode. And then they showed all the different scenes, like different soap opera scenes with all of the different ladies. And it was all slapping scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, holds up because they love they loved to slap people yeah. on soaps. And that's what this... This movie, this this movie, Ladies of the Eighties and Eve's Christmas, needed more of that kind of energy. Yes, because it so, was so the then, whole thing was like a later seasons episode of Tom and Jerry, where Tom and Jerry were getting along. So it's kind of boring. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a love fest. So so then we're in a limo and we see Racine from Paper Dolls, otherwise known as Morgan Fairchild. What's Paper Dolls? Is that a show? It was a nighttime soap opera about models. Oh. What was it that was, on the nineties? It was no in the eighties, it was Morgan Fairchild and Lloyd Bridges. Oh god. I, I don't even have a recollection of that one. Yes. And Nicolette Sheridan was in Paper Dolls as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. How long did that last? I've heard of it, but I don't remember it at all. A year. Okay. It started out as a made-for-TV movie with Joan Collins as Racine. But then when it became a TV series, Joan Collins had already gone on to Dynasty, so they replaced her with Morgan Fairchild. Got it. So she called her assistant, Alec Mappa. Mm-hmm. And why the fuck... Was Alec Mappa wearing those super loud, jingly reindeer e- ears for no reason? For the entire movie. Every time it. they would cut to him, there'd be like weird Christmas stuff in it. Like, and he's her agent or whatever. But like, I get if there's like a Christmas party, but it didn't seem like that. It just seemed like he was inexplicably wearing these reindeer ears. And it had to have been a nightmare for the sound guy that every yeah. time he moved his head, it would make a jingling noise. Yeah. That was irritating. So, so, so Racine is on, she's talking to her, she's talking to her assistant and we find out that she has a secret, but they don't let on what the secret is yet. And he's setting up for his holiday party. And we also find out, cause there's a lot of talking in this. So we find out that she had won five Emmys and like, you know, Oh, and two Tonys on Broadway. Yeah. And she's like, I hope they haven't heard about the rumors of my situation. So then the next scene, we see Abby from Knott's Landing on the phone. Donna Mills. And the person who she was talking to, the woman, that's her real daughter. That's her real daughter in real life. Oh. Who she adopted. Okay. Well, they wrote it into the movie that her character adopted five kids from war-torn countries. Right. Right. So, yeah, that was her adopted daughter, who she adopted at, like, 50. Like, it was a late-life adoption. Okay. 
And so we, she's talking about how she's in a fight with Juliet and how, you know, uh, because of their fight, Juliet isn't coming back. Juliet um, is Nicolette Sheridan's character. Paige yeah. from Not Landing. Confused. So we see Paige, and Paige is talking to her son, and she's basically like a mogul. She has like she's talking about her shoe line, and she has all this other different stuff going on. And we find out that she's mad at Abby, who, by the way, on Not's Landing, these two characters hated each other. And so she's mad at Abby because she left her in New York and moved to L.A. Okay. So, so then we're on the set, and we see this food truck. I thought it was an ice cream. It was an ice cream truck, but they said it was a food truck. Drive coffee. Up. Coffee, coffee yeah. truck. Yeah. Nell. Mr. Soft. Gets, Nell gets out of the car. She hugs Alex, the producer. And he hired her to be the director. We find out they're old friends from college. So this, I get a little annoyed anytime you're watching a movie that is made by people that actually make movies and television. And there are these like just wild leaps in logic in terms of like the way something's filmed. For instance, this was a soap opera, which like everyone in the soap community, everyone that watches them know that they have no budget. They're like right. they look they look cheap. This right. they rented a giant mansion in Malibu to fi- do a live episode <laughs> on Christmas right. Day. It, it, and like if you're filming on location, it's not conducive to doing a live show because you have all the different uh, like rooms that you need to set up in such a way where you can move really fast and get everything you need. Right. But they say money because there was really wasn't anybody on the crew. Well, there was, there was only a couple people. Yeah. And also, they said that they were the reason they were filming in L.A. was because even though the soap used to film in New York, all the actresses all lived in L.A. now, which yes. would be fine, except for the fact that then they all kept trying to leave or were making it seem like it was a really far journey for them to leave this house. Where also, they were, they were staying in the house that was their set. Yeah. Wow, amongst funny. the props. I didn't know what was going on at some point. <laughs> I was like, what are they doing? Are, are they, is, is this a TV show? Like what? It didn't seem like a it's show. It's like a reality show. Right. No, they had a script. Yeah. Apparently yeah, it was a script. It was like a live scripted show. But for some reason, while it's a live broadcast, they yell cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's massively confusing. Oh, we find out that Alex, the producer, was the little kid on the show. Yes. And I, I'm not sure about this. I think that actor may have been on Neighbors in Australia because when I looked him up uh, on Instagram, it uh, like one of the suggested accounts I follow is the Neighbors account. Okay, which would explain his Aussie accent. So then he leaves. So then um, later, Nell walks in the room and sees his butt, and she's looking at his butt. Mm-hmm. And he catches oh, he catches Nell looking at his butt. 
She tells him he shouldn't have quit acting, and we never revisit that. He doesn't act again. Yeah, they, they, we find out he was an actor and used to be on the show. It seemed like a real perfect opportunity where he would have needed to jump in and be in a scene in the show. Right. No, we didn't get to that. No. She's like, she shamed him for not acting anymore. Oh, and then she has to pee. She says, I have to go pee. Isn't and she you know it's make- lifetime because she mentioned the word pee. Isn't she trying to, is she kind of like hot for this guy? And she's, yeah, she's talking like that. That's not going to get, you know, anybody hot. You don't well, know what he's into. Because she was supposedly a dork. Well, I guess that's true. I don't know what he's into. <laughs> he, might, he might be into some sick shit. Who knows? Right. That's true. I can't discount that. <laughs> oh, oh, and then she brings in a Christmas star that she made for Alex. Nell does. She reminds me a little of that girl who was on the White Lotus, the one who's uh, the assistant. Yeah. Oh my God, I love her. Yeah, <laughs> even with the be- like this, because that girl had a bucket hat. This girl had the beanie. Like, they yeah. both had very, like, lesbian-leaning uh, clothing tastes. Yes. A little butch. Right. Oh, okay. So, and they're attractive. They're both attractive, but they have to grow on you a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. In my opinion. Well, both of those characters have, a, have somewhat of an exhausting personality, which is part of where the growth comes in. Right. So, so then we find out that Paige isn't coming. But Jennifer shows up. I don't know who's this. Okay. And she and she's dressed like she just came from Safari. Yeah, this is Lonnie. And, and you, I, I'm confused because I didn't. I, no I normally write down the character names, but there were so many like big names in this movie that I couldn't keep track of them, so I just wrote their real names down. Lonnie Anderson. I, I actually I wrote the full name Nicolette Sheraton. Because I'm calling them by their '80s nighttime soap names. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but I don't know. What, I, I I can't follow. Lonnie Anderson, Nicolette Sheraton, Morgan, um, and I don't know, I still, oh, oh, Donna Mills, mm-hmm. and why can't they get Linda C- Carter? I always thought she was hot. Linda Carter was not on a nighttime soap. But to be fair, neither was Lonnie Anderson. She was on Melrose Place in the 90s, though. Hmm. She was? Yes, she was on Melrose Place, and Denise Richards Melrose. played her daughter. Wow. Well, that was, but this is ladies of the eighties. True, ladies of Sturkerace. <laughs> That's what she was in. Sturkerace. Lonnie um, Anderson looks. <laughs> no, I should I say this? Bet Lonnie Anderson looks like somebody going <laughs> as Lonnie Anderson for Halloween. <laughs> oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although part of that, <laughs> which I mean, because there was as I was watching it, there was something I was like, "There's something a little off," and I don't know if it's just like you know having work done or whatever. I couldn't figure it out. And then the thing that happens later in the movie, I was like, "Oh, now she looks more like Lonnie Anderson." Yes. Yeah. Oh, so we find out that Lonnie Anderson. The reason why she was dressed like she had come from Safari is she was on Celebrity Survivor with Lisa Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. 
And <clears throat> so then we see Sue Ellen and she drives up. Gray. Linda Gray, and she calls her husband, Christopher Atkins. Now, Christopher Atkins and Sue and Linda Gray played lovers on Dallas. But he was like her much younger lover, right? Pardon? He was much younger though, right? Yes. Christopher Atkins from the Blue Lagoon. Right. Um, And Heaven? Was there some movie called Heaven? He played a Chippendales-type dancer on Dallas, and he had an affair with Sue Ellen. So she called him and he's like, hey, uh, you forgot your credit card at a place that you stopped and it was a burger joint and they said that you spent $25. And she and she's supposedly like this health guru. Yeah. And... So she's like, no, I didn't buy anything there. But it, but then she had like a burger and fries and a Coke on her seat. Do you think that there was a version of this script where it was like just a little bit edgier and we find out that her character had an eating disorder and they realized like that's a little dark for this like lighthearted movie we're trying to do? I could totally see that. Uh, she was She was living as a fraud. And she said she had to get ready for KetoCon. I like Christopher Atkins' blonde hair. I had blonde hair when I was a kid, too. I, it didn't stay as long as Christopher Atkins' hair is gone. Well, you could have blonde that hair. blonde hair, too, for, you know, number 33 at CBS. Long blonde hair. You could buy that hair. You could buy that. You could buy it at Just for Men. There's a show called Botched. Have you seen, I've seen yeah. it. Oh, God. Well, yeah. I love Botched. Oh, Botched. Who's, who's the one guy? Mikhail? The Michaela? There's some, oh, there's some guy. Hale? No, there's some guy who, like, he has lips done, so he's got these giant lips. And so he puts lipstick on it. And then he 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 got his ribs. He he broke. He oh, got the guy that wanted broken. to look like Ken, like a Ken doll. Like, yeah, yeah. What's his name? It's like Mikhail or something. I like forget, that. but I know no. exactly who you're talking about. And his he lips his, are giant, and yeah, he yeah. wanted to look like a Ken doll. And he's and he had his 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 like ribs broken and broken in so he could have his really tiny thin waist. And he's trouble breathing, but he says it's worth it. His lips were like Goldie Hawn on the first wives club. <laughs> yeah. I and he's got fake teeth. Anytime I see clips from that show, it makes me so uncomfortable because it reminds me of like, you know, those baking shows where there's like a competition and they're trying to like match the thing and like uh, people take big swings in ways they shouldn't and it just looks just hideous, the outcome. I feel like that's what these people are doing to their own bodies. They're like, well, I did this one thing. Now I want to try this other thing over here. Now this other thing down here. And it's just nuts. No, it's unpleasant to look at. I couldn't look at. I had to close my eyes. Oh, I've seen some. I've seen some faces living in LA. If you live in LA long enough, you see some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some faces. I've seen some boobs. They're bringing Barry Manilow out every every opportunity, every Christmas special. But Barry Manilow's out, and he looks. My mom couldn't remember who Barry Manilow was, and I said, "Who do you think? How old do you think that person is?" And she said, 40. Who Barry Manilow? Yeah, she thought he was 40. Oh. He's 80. Yeah, that would be a hard-living 40. Yeah. 
don't know. He looks, I mean, there's a lot of work was put into this, but he looks younger. He looks younger than 80, but he does not look 40. No, he doesn't look legit 40, but he does look younger. But then uh, then hearing him in an interview, he said, (laughs) they cart him out. And then Cher came out. So my mom didn't remember, wasn't remembering who Cher was. I said, how old do you think that person is? Don't you talk about Cher. She said 35. She thought Cher was 35. Oh. Don't you badmouth Cher. Well, Cher's been on a lot of shows. I'm surprised you haven't been watching it. She was on the Graceland Christmas special, the Christmas tree lighting. She was on in the parade, New Year's New Year's She's Day parade. She's got a super terrible Christmas song out right now. DJ, play my Christmas song. So dumb. It's so and, dumb. You know, the number one song is Rocking Around the, the Christmas Tree. I by know. That Brenda was so Lee. nice for yeah. Brenda Lee. And Brenda Lee is still alive. 79. Yeah, she was on the Winona Winona Judd's Christmas special. There's a Christmas special on every night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock it around the Christmas tree. Number one. Good. It only took her, you know, how many? Five years. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> you should see these other songs. And I was looking at the the, the, the top, the, the Billboard Hot 100. Andy Williams. Mm-hmm. Top 10 hit. Burl Ives. But what about the Queen of Christmas? She's been number two. <gasps> I bet she is pissed. She'll probably eventually uh, hit number one. It's it is just based on you know airplane streams. Because I bet she's you know, pissed. She's the queen. You know of she sent three? flowers to Brenda Lee. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, good. You know it's number three. Well, what? Um, Loving on me by Jack Harlow. Mm. Oh. You know that song. I do. No. Yes. He's hot. You do. Goes like this. All right, you ready? Okay, go for it. <laughs> I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I know kill a bit. I'll see. I, I rehearsed this before. I'm vanilla, By the baby, way, I forgot to tell you guys. I forgot to tell you guys what I made. So I made a new friend in my neighborhood. Okay, and her neighbor, she's like, oh, because we were talking. And I was telling her about the podcast, and she's like, oh, my old neighbor used to be on Hallmark movies. And she said his name, and I didn't know his name, and then I was like, show me a picture. It was one of the guys, remember we watched the one about the three brothers that were Santa Clauses? Yeah. Or no, the three brothers that had the baby? Yeah. Three wise men and the baby. one of the brothers. Oh, right on. Lived I like that movie. And he yeah, stopped? He, he lived in my neighborhood. Well, those guys are all staples of Hallmark movies, so, yeah. Right. Anywho, so so Alex was talking to, to Donna Mills, to Abby, and they were, like, you know, getting reunited, and we find out that his character was possessed by the devil at one, and that got her one of her Emmys. And then he's... Then she tells him that when they're done filming, she's going to hook him up with some of her connections. Okay. So, so then Morgan, Donna Mills, and, um, and Lonnie all reunite, and they're being kind of bitchy to each other, like bantering, bantering back and forth. Like um, Morgan asks Donna, 
how many kids do you have you adopted at this point? And Donna's like, five, same numbers of husbands that you've had. And they're laughing and they're like, you bitch, you bitch. And then one of them should have slipped in the C word. Right? <laughs> Just to one up the other one. <laughs> and, and, and then on the tracks. And then and then Sue Ellen shows up and they she get they get introduced she gets introduced to Nell and they're all like, Oh, are you two sleeping together to Nell and to Alex? And they're like, No, we're best friends. And then one of them is like, Oh, with benefits. And no. they're like, No, we're just friends. And then they're like, you know. Paige isn't showing up. But then, all of a sudden, Paige shows up. And Donna Mills is pissed. And Donna Mills is... And then Alex is like, I had no idea she was coming. And he's happy because they're all five together. But... But Donna Mills is like, if Paige is doing this, I am not. And And then Paige is like, well, I'm staying. And so the Donna Mills storms out. This is another moment where I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. How did the writer and producer of this special not know that that uh, Nick Ledgerter was going to show up? And if yeah, he didn't know she was going to show up, how did she find out where and when they were all meeting up? Right. And but I did like this exit line because she said, hasta la vista, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't remember which one said it. She can't do what? You can't just walk off a show like that. They signed a contract to get sued for doing that. Also, like they they wrote a script with all these five women in it, or four of the five women in it. Now one shows up, they're gonna have to rewrite it to add one in. Yeah, it's like Kim Basinger walking off a boxing Helena. (laughs) Didn't work out for her. Isn't she agoraphobic now? What? I think Kim, Kim Basinger was agoraphobic for a while. I think oh, so. she, doesn't want leave, she doesn't want to leave her house? Well, I haven't seen her out. Yeah. I don't uh, know. So, 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 so then, oh, so then Lonnie Anderson is like, well, since she quit, can I have her lines? Yeah, she wants to make it a one-woman show. Yeah. And then Sue Ellen quits. And then Morgan quits. And then Paige then ends up quitting. Lonnie's Lonnie got a Anderson... funny line. I don't know if it's it's here. The thing about when she said she, she, she did a production of Love Letters with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one thing this, that I did enjoy about this movie is the, the jokes about soaps weren't very funny because they're just sort of tired and we've heard them all before. We know they're slaps, blah, blah, blah. But there were some funny lines just about like the sort of lower level acting jobs that you're forced to take when you're on your way up or on your way down, such as the love letters thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So so then, uh, Oh, go ahead. Well, Larry Sanders show had a similar joke where the guy was, who was, who was uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character. Hey, now, Hank. Uh, Hank. Yeah. Hank had done a production of Love Letters with, with Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Sanders showed it better, but that's okay. 
So, so Sue Ellen calls Christopher Atkins again. And he's like, why don't you stay? Why don't you go get a steam and stay? They should have had Christopher Atkins. Like, there's a character who has his uh, shirt off later on. Christopher Atkins should have had his shirt off and been in, like, you know, been on, like, the Blue Lagoon Island. Like, with no explanation. Right. It didn't make any sense why none of these women were given, like, a a current day or, you know, a potential love interest in this movie. Right. Cause Christopher Atkins, his only scenes were him on the phone. He was not, like, he was not in a scene with anyone else. Cause they could have done it kind of like a, like, did you guys ever see soap dish? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like about, you know, two former soap co-stars, that were on the outs and like, you know, they could have done something like that and had like yeah, an older good. gentleman come back. Yeah. That's the, that's the one where Kevin Klein's doing dinner theater while he's on stage. Yeah. He's like pour people coffee. And he yeah. like goes out and cuts their food for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then Morgan Fairchild is on the phone with Alec Moffa again. And we find out that she has no money because one of her husbands embezzled all of her money. And so then Alec is like, well, you know what, Morgan, just do it for the paycheck. Cause she was worried. Cause she's like, I'm going to have to fly back coach and I don't want people to see me there. So meanwhile, Lonnie Anderson calls Nancy from days of our lives. But I didn't get this either. Was she like her acting teacher or her friend? Who? Oh, I think that was her agent. I, I think it was her about. agent, yeah. Well, it was Nancy from Days of Our Lives. And so... You know the she, people. I don't recognize any of these people. I didn't know her. And so she tells her agent then that she's feeling insecure because she was the only person in this group who never got an Emmy. And then the agent is like, acting, an acting career is about doing the work. So then Nicolette is talking to her son. Cute twink, by the way. Cute twink son. Oh, her son was very cute. And he kind of looked like Alex in a a little bit. And then Donna Mills is talking to her daughter. And... Is this Alex, where is this where Linda Gray was like in the the sauna or steam room or whatever, and she overhears, yes, Alex talking she, to to um, Nell about how this is going to end his career or whatever, and so yes, Linda Gray exactly. like gathers them all, and so yes. now so she basically gets the all the women who just walked off the show because they all hate each other, she's able to gather them. And get them to pretend to get along for the holidays for this movie. Wasn't that what the game plan was from the, the get-go anyway? That's what I thought. Well, a woman has a right to change her mind. And then this is and yeah, this and this is where Lonnie Anderson used the line. I had to I was yeah. once romantic with Rodney Dangerfield for love letters. Yeah. So, so then we have a photo montage. A senior citizen's holiday photo shoot montage. Yes. Trimming a tree, 
making cookies, and they're playing a song. There's a song called Ladies of the oh, 80s. Which so is a real song. Is it? I know. Well, yes, apparently. It's a real song. It's a country song. Well, no, I mean, like, was it made for this movie, or did it exist no, before it this? No, it was a legit country song. No, like, it was on the country wasn't. charts. Really? Oh, get out. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I don't believe that. I'm going to yes. look that up. Yes. I mean, if Brenda Lee can have a number one hit at 79, I guess anything is possible. G-O-O-G-L-E. Google. G-O-O-G-L-E. Google. Leaves the 80s song? Look it up. Oh, yeah. It says 80s song. All the single ladies. Let's see. I would put ladies of the 80s in quotes. There's a song called 80s ladies. That's the song. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a song written and recorded by, that's the same song, recorded by country music artist K.T. Oslin. It was released yeah, no, in that's the song. April 1987. This sounded hmm. more contemporary. Maybe this is a remake of it. Yeah, because no, because I remember the song. Because that was when I was living in Virginia, so I heard. So, oh, so I it came out in the 80s as sort of a, yeah. like, it's the 80s now, it's girl power kind of <clears throat> anthem. Right. Got it. Big hair. So it wasn't about this movie. Okay. No. Somebody on YouTube wrote a comment about the song that said, I'm a man, but this song makes me want to cry. 72 <laughs> years old. I'm just thinking about my own life. <laughs> wow. Good Lord. Yeah, that's sad. This song made me cry. I'd be thinking about my own life, too. I'm crying about this comment. <laughs> Woo. Oh, so then... Alex has no game because he calls Nell buddy. Oh, that just is the worst. Somebody did that to me recently. All right, buddy. buddy. Yeah. All right, buddy. I was like, oh, who's that? That's it. That's, and that's like, you know, basically you're in the friend zone. Yeah. Which also shocks me, the friend zone, because I, I, I was on Facebook with some woman, some woman was, Posting something like, I don't like friend zone. How dare men say friend zone? Assume really? I really? I think this woman is the only one who I think, I think her friend zone movement never took off. Oh, she just uh, didn't like the, the use of the term. She, what, what did she find offensive about it? It was something like she didn't like how a guy would say he was in the friend zone like he would assume that he would could have like you know a romantic situation with a woman and i don't know she had some kind of situation with it i guess she didn't explain it too well because when you're friend zone that means that there's no chance yeah i mean it seems to be it's still it's 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 being used in popular current culture so yeah So, so then we see alex and he's shirtless and he almost looked naked yeah, yeah, cute, unnecessary. Cute, cute holiday boxers. No, it was necessary because yeah. nothing else was happening in this dumb fucking movie. It was very is he at the beach. Is he at the beach? What's going on? He was he, he room, was in he his, his office, which was a a room in the house they were all living in and filming in, and he's just there in his boxers writing. And yeah. what does he do? He 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 waxes his chest. He's not. It looked waxed. Yeah. What's he doing? And so he was typing, and they were doing, like, different, like, scenes, like, reenactments. 
Yeah, they were like they were basically he he'd be typing, and then they would cut to the actresses as he imagined the scene playing out. But they shot it with like a lot of Vaseline on the lens, and strangely, some very NYPD blue style camera work. Yes, it's very like gritty handheld. Like it was so weird. Yeah, it's like the Blair Witch Project. And then they were making the soap opera jokes, you know, amnesia, vampire bite, you know, the basic, the basic soap opera trope. Yeah. Do people get bitten by a vampire on the soap operas? Oh yeah, yeah. on General Hospital. General Hospital, Charles, Dark Shadows, I'm sure. But isn't that probably happened on you... Passions? Oh God, yeah, Passions. But they were... wait. But isn't General Hospital supposed to be rooted in some reality? Why, why is there a vampire? Port Charles, Port Charles and, and Lucy Coe was the vampire slayer. Port Charles yeah. is somewhat rooted in reality, but this is also a show that one of their big storylines was that this evil man created a weather-controlling machine. The Cassidines. Yeah, the Cassidines. When Elizabeth Port Taylor Charles. was on the show. Yeah, for Luke and Laura's wedding. And remember, this was oh, also the ring? show where Casey the alien... Crash landed in Port Charles. Yeah. Hmm. So rooted uh, in reality on a soap is is a, it's a yeah. very forgiving term. Yes. An alien landed. Yes, Casey. He was cute. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, so, so then it's so then um, Morgan Fairchild can't sleep, so she goes to the kitchen. And Lonnie Anderson is making, like, hot wine. Yeah. And then Morgan is like, well, I can't sleep, so I'm going to make a fruit, I'm going to make an English fruitcake. Which I've never had. No. I go to England a lot for Christmas. I've never had an English fruitcake. And then. Change it this year. Have one. Get yourself an English fruitcake. I could. They're they're doing what I do even today. I do the same thing. I, I reminisce about craft services. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, that's totally us. We talk about that stuff all the time. Yeah. So talk about, mm. And she's saying, and she's saying it's free. I'm like, yeah, girl. Oh, now I'm into it. This is the one part of, that I could relate to. And and then they have a heart to heart. <laughs> and then then Nicolette shows up looking for cookies and I'm like wow Kurt these are Kurt, Kurt these are all ladies after your own heart yeah. looking for cookies talking about craft services ladies of the 80s a Kurt Fitzpatrick Christmas right I can have a May I can have a May December romance with one of these ladies but she couldn't eat the, the cookies because they were a prop yeah. So again, they they are living in this live television show set, but some of the <laughs> stuff there are props that they can't actually use. Hey, you can't move anything around on a, on a hot set. So what are they doing? They better lock themselves in their rooms. <laughs> and then they and so, because then they mentioned all of their diet. I kind of have a hot for that one that blonde woman I was talking about. The one that thinks. Settled in well. Which one is she? Donna Mills. Oh, Donna Mills? Yeah, she looks Yeah, great. I think Donna Mills is the one I'm going to go for. Yeah, Donna Mills is 79. Perfect. So there you go. 
a May-December romance. I'm the young stud. We could hang out at craft services. <laughs> oh, so, so then we find out that Nicolette Sheridan does infomercials as well. And they ask her, why did you will? Why did you show up? And she's like, because my son thinks it's a good idea because I'm a workaholic. Which, and then they were talking about... Again... Her son thinks she's a workaholic, so he's suggesting more work for her? I guess. <laughs> I guess. They mentioned Limelight, and, and Limelight uh -huh. was just in the news. Oh, really? Did you go to Limelight? Did you see Limelight in the news? Let's no. Oh, it's, it's in it the news. It hasn't been Limelight for a long time, though. No, no, but it's going to be transformed again. Limelight, Limelight? is... Hold on. It's <laughs> our friend Peter Michael Marino just announced, put this on Facebook. I can't find it now. Are they turning it back into a nightclub? Because it's been like okay. retail space for a while. It's going into a theater. Okay, so Limelight will be reinvented again. Broadway producers plan to It's right now it's a church, right? Yeah. What's well, a church that's a retail church. space? The church is going to become a theater now. Okay. Oh. What's going on? Oh. That'll be a good theater. A wrangle of that news. And for, for those that don't know, Limelight was a very famous nightclub in New York City. In a church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she so then Nicolette is talking about how how it was hurtful when Donna Mills left. And then Sue Ellen shows up and they offer her a drink and she says, Oh, it's too much sugar. And Donna Mills then says, I heard what you all were talking about because I could hear in the vent, like the, the, the vents, yeah. The, yeah. the sound went through the vent to my room. Plus, I wouldn't be talking about somebody so loud. I mean, I would imagine they could probably hear it or they could walk in. It's not like they're not in the house. So, so then we find out that Donna Mills has a huge social media following. Yeah. And so she wanted to film what they were talking about for content. Then we hear someone singing in the next room, and she's beating a nutcracker. And it's she, Nell. She was using it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, using it to, she's just picking it up and smashing it under the nuts. So, so it was Nell, and she's crying. And they're all like, you like Alex, don't you? And they're like, give us the backstory. So Nell says that they were friends in, in college and that they made movies together. And he kissed her. And the next day, the day after he kissed her, he dropped out of school and disappeared. And she has no idea what happened. And they, then they tell her, you need some diva. Determination, integrity, vitality, aspiration. Their words, Which not basically mine. basically means you need a makeover. Yeah. And then we see Alex again, and he's yeah. shirtless in his room, looking good. And then we have a makeover montage. You need diva. Dick, the icicles, vaginal implants. <laughs> and implants. <laughs> and what would the A be? 
aggravation. That's no, it, that's no implants. <laughs> what are you implanting? What? Yeah, what's a vaginal implant? <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Is it just give it extra padding? <laughs> it was the first thing that came to mind. A, a vaginal implant. Why, why was that the first thing that came to your mind? <laughs> that was the only thing that was that was the only thing that was in the clear. That was in my mind. <laughs> Kurt, you need to go on Wheel of Fortune. Seriously. I just want you to solve like a to puzzle solve. and say, vaginal implants. <laughs> I like to buy a V. I'm still going to go with vaginal implants. Vanna. So they give her a makeover. And Get rid of that hat. Makeover, actually. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good makeover. Well, it's a full makeover. They're trying to change her inside and out. She's a yes. complete disgrace. They have to completely, you know. It was nuts, this makeover, yeah. because it wasn't just the outfits. They, like, this is all taking course over the place over the course of what I'm assuming is, like, an hour. They're yeah. Yeah. giving her, like, yoga lessons. They're giving her, like, her uh, like journaling lessons. Beach. Like, she's like, like a she talks. She's like, yeah, she's she, she's talking. It sounds like she's talking normal. And then Morgan Fairchild said, well, all I heard was blah, 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 blah. And then the outfit she finally settles on is like this gorgeous, like red evening gown. And it's the middle of the day and she's still at work. What was yeah. this gown for? Yeah. But I'd like, she's like, hello, Alex. That's <laughs> why she has any self-esteem after that whole experience with those ladies. Jeez. So, so then, so so then she's um, she has a meeting with that guy from um Hollywood um tonight, Hollywood oh, yeah. tonight. That cute guy yeah. from Hollywood tonight, who really is on that show, or he's oh. on Access Hollywood. Oh, is he okay? Is yeah, he? he's he's really an Access Hollywood, and. And oh, because yeah, Alex asked her to do something, and she's like, "Oh, I can't because remember, I have that interview with Tommy." Yeah, I'm going. And Tommy, and Tommy picks her up, and then they go to Mr. Chow. Did you see that? Did you guys see that documentary about Mr. Chow? No, no. It's really good. The guy who runs Mr. Chow, who owns Mr. Chow. Oh. Hmm. No, she gets ignored by Alex. She is out the door. Yep. Another man. Yep. And then... This is where Alex yells at the extras for fucking up the... Because the extras are eating the prop food. Or not the extras. The uh, the crew members are eating the prop food. Right. They broke an ornament. And, and, and eat the prop food. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I can't do that. The popcorn, the, the popcorn, which he She's did have a right hungry. to yell at the person for eating the popcorn. I'm sorry, she was eating popcorn off off, off the Christmas tree? Off of like, it was like, like a, a prop table, the, yeah. Yeah. Okay, like, that's somebody. On uh, uh, one hand, yeah. he, he has a right to yell at them, but on the other hand, they are morons and shouldn't even work in the business if they didn't know they couldn't do that already. Yeah, and you, you know, that's, there's something really sad about the situation you're eating popcorn and if you're ever eating popcorn off a christmas tree you know you've had better years 
And I think he was even like, what's wrong with you? Even, even I'd ask that. And I'm borderline eating off a Christmas tree. As as <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've gotten better. That's so, so, then, so then Nell is talking... <laughs> Nell is talking to the hot guy from um, Hollywood Tonight, and he goes up and, like, yells at her. Alex does. Yeah. Yeah, he's being a dick. You dick! And and she's like, you might be my boss, but you're not the boss of my life. That's right. And then, but then all the ladies are like, oh, he's being predictable. See, she made him jealous. Good for her. Hmm. And then they do a scene with Morgan, and it, they make it look like Morgan Fairchild falls down the stairs, but it's actually her stunt double, because the stunt double gets up and he has, like, a big beard. Yeah. Yeah, that was well done. And, and then they're casting the pool boy, and then that was weird, because, like, a man with a suit, but then a shirtless <laughs> guy <laughs> came walking in the door. I think like, they wrangled up some people pretty quickly. They're just like, who around here is kind of attractive? Okay, we're going to have yeah. you walk in there because now all the ladies are going to be horny. But it was weird that only one of them was shirtless for a pool boy. You, you yeah. keep your shirt on. Yeah, I had to do a scene like that. I had to do like a locker room scene on Billions. Uh-huh. And first they put me in a towel, wrapped me up in a towel. And they're like, no, no, let's put this other guy on the towel. You can wear a robe. Then they didn't lose me at all. I had to kind of hide in the locker room. They wouldn't, wouldn't even let me out. <laughs> I think I'm pretty hot. <laughs> of course, I was eating off a Christmas tree before that. <laughs> nobody looks you. Nobody. It's weird because when I came out in the set, just just wearing a towel wrapped around me. Nobody in the crew would look at me. Like I look, I just would look at the people in the crew. They all, they must have been, they, they must get some kind of like lesson in like respecting actors during intimate scenes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so nobody, like nobody would make eye contact with me. So they look down? Yeah, they just looked the other way. <laughs> I assume that's why they were looking the other way. I thought they well, also, you don't want to be the person that's like accidentally staring. So I think you just direct your eyes down so that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Was, yeah. I walk. I walk on the set. Eyes scattered. <laughs> so, so, so then we um, they're talking about like how they have baggage and and how um they need to get through their baggage and make up. And then Lonnie Anderson, and then, then they all talked about what are we going to do about Mel and Alex? And then they all went, they all went to talk to Alex. And we find out that the reason why Alex disappeared is because his mom died. I see. And so that's why he dropped out of school. Oh yeah. Dead people. Um, so, so then they gave Alex advice, and then they well, so then it's like Nell overhears. Is it Nell or Mel? Nell. Okay, Nell, Nell overhears like, them because they basically after they've been giving Alex advice, they've all been drinking, so now they're like a little bit drunk and they've got like Christmassy like glasses and shit on their heads, and they're yeah. just drunk and singing really loud. And Nell hears them through her headphones and comes down to like see what's going on there. Right. 
and then um then the next scene Lonnie uh Lonnie catches Sue Ellen like binging on cookies yeah and we find out that Sue Ellen likes cookies and she basically ate all of Lonnie Anderson had bought gifts for everybody like cookies for everyone and and Sue Ellen ate them all yeah, and she says, "I like junk food." And then Lonnie Anderson gives her a pep talk, and then we find out that Lonnie Anderson takes a wig. We find out that Lonnie Anderson has been wearing a wig, and that she actually has a full head of gray hair. And it looks great. Yeah, it looks really good. Well, the shot that was weird though was she really wearing a wig? Because you know you don't see her actually pulling it off. I don't know. She because lo- the blonde hair definitely looked like a wig in retrospect. Once this scene happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's why she looked it a, li- a little off. Something didn't seem right." Oh uh, yeah. And, and so, so then, uh, pay, uh, Nicolette's like, "Oh my god, I'm going to do hair products for great for people with gray hair, and you could be my spokesmodel." Nice. And then we see Donna Mills filming a cameo. Yeah. And then, um, then Sue Ellen talks about how she's not perfect because of her junk food addiction. And then Morgan Fairchild starts giving away all of her jewelry. And they're like, no, you can't. It's so expensive. And then Morgan's like, no, it's not expensive. This is costume jewelry because I'm broke. And I had to sell all my real jewels because my husband embezzled all of my money. Then somebody had a funny line. They said, poor thing, literally. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was funny. And then Donna Mel said, said, oh, yeah, but you think you have problems? Well, I left the show, and when I came to Hollywood, I had to start all over again. And I had to pound the pavement and do humiliating work. And by the way, the reason why I left the show is because, Nicolette, I slept with your fiancé. Ooh. Yeah. And then Nicolette is like, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, Tom and Jerry, later seasons. Like, really? It, you couldn't have had a slap or something, like some sort of reaction in that moment that wasn't nice and then made it eventually nice by the end of the movie. Because, yeah, Nicolette's like, well, that's okay because, you know, I have a, I wouldn't have had my son and he ended up cheating and we ended up getting a divorce anyway. Yeah. But I think most ladies would be pissed off. It might take a little while to arrive at that. Yeah. <laughs> at being grateful. <laughs> How about you'd be, you'd be just as grateful if it never even happened. <laughs> so, so then... They're doing their scene. It's Christmas Day. They're doing their scene. Live on TV. They're being, they're being really nice. And um, as they're filming, Alex looks down at Insta, and they're getting a bunch of frowny faces. And he says, and the reason why is, like, because they're being too nice to each other. And then Morgan Fairchild is like, they don't like it because we're being too nice to each other. And everybody's like, well, how do you know? And he's like, and she's like, well, I learned how to read lips because I took over for Anne Bancroft and the miracle. Movie. Yeah. That was that, okay. I that, didn't laugh out loud. I like, I laughed out loud at that joke. I was like, that's a solid joke. Right. It is. It is. It's, it's okay. 
So she's like, they want us to be bitchy. So then they all started being bitches to each other and they had a food fight. Yeah, they go off script on this live television production. Like, right. how do you time that out? Like, if SNL right. started actually improvising lines of the show, that show would never you end. Can't. Seriously. So, you so can't on SNL. I'm not, I mean, you're not supposed That's to. That's what I'm saying. You can't. Lauren Michaels throw you off. Yeah, because there's director's director cues, and they have really specific stuff lined up. Yeah. But I, I only saw, I was trying to see a shot where you could see how many cameras they actually had, because they had to have at least, like, three cameras set up. Yeah, I mean, normally on a soap, there's like three or four. Yeah, you never really, you never really see more than one, one camera in there. Unless Uh I miss something. So, they had a food fight. Everybody loved it. Well, Lonnie, actually, she pours hot gravy on somebody's (laughs) head. Like, scars or scalp for life. Oh, and I don't know it was actually hot, but that is a funny visual to think that it might have been. Right, yeah. they're not messing around. They're like, we were '80s bitches. Get that wig back out; it's gonna come in handy. <laughs> Scalp is burned off. Right. So, so then it's all over. They're saying their goodbyes. They decided to start a nonprofit together. Which is what? Because someone explain to me what exactly that nonprofit was. It, uh, it's called the Divas Foundation. And it's going to focus on underserved women of a certain age. Yes. So so then Alex goes and tells Nell, you know, the reason why I left, it wasn't you. I left because my mom died and I love you. And and I love you and blah, 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 blah. And then they get together. And then we see Hollywood tonight. And because this Christmas special was such a hit, the Great Lakes got a reboot. And it's it's going to be the first reality soap opera. And Lonnie Anderson was nominated for an Emmy because of her brave performance of being, having gray hair. Yes. Having gray hair. (laughs) That's insulting. (laughs) The end. Well, so what is a know. what is a live reality show soap opera? What the fuck does that mean? I have no idea. So it's Big Brother, but with these octogenarian women. Yeah, basically. Now, who? So I, I do I put this question in the beginning. I don't think I'm satisfied with the answer. Who was this made for? Was it made for an older generation who used to watch these people? Is it? I what, legit who? don't know because Lifetime's was- audience is normally, like, women probably in their 30s and 40s. Women in their 30s and 40s didn't really grow up on these women's shows. They're a little too young for that. So I don't know who this is for either. Because I was, like, in my teens and 20s when this show was popular. When these shows were popular. I didn't like it. It 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 was hard to get through. Um... No, this it's certainly not something that's made from me. If I didn't have an obligation, I would have bailed on this. Yeah. See, I would have watched it, but I was disappointed. I I only I only slightly came on board when Alex took his shirt off. Yeah. 
That was definitely worth it. Sorry, Kurt. Kurt, you you had your moments of seeing them reminisce about craft services. I got to see a shirtless guy all is well with the world. Yes. I don't know about that. So maybe it's made for women. Maybe it's made for gay men. I guess they were trying, I think. It's not? I don't know. They were trying. I could have written a better script. If I got my hands on the script, it would have been a good movie. Anyway. I hope they had fun making it. Well, maybe they had good craft services. Yeah. I don't don't know about that. Maybe. If they paid for it themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you want to find me, you can find me on my website, leskirkendallbarrett.com. Jason. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars. It helps more people find the show. You can find all of us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. Well, the Oscars are coming. So a friend of mine, friend of the show, Jason DeBray, and I are going to be doing all the Oscar nominations in the coming months on the Shelf Shedding Movie Podcast. And also in March, I'll be doing my show, The Gesture of All Maladies, at the Rogue Festival. So you have a lot to look forward to in the coming months. And you know what? I might drive up to Fresno, Kurt, just to torment you. Okay. Yeah. And I'll I, try to be there a little bit longer this summer. I and might I'll, just do that. I'll be doing a production of Love Letters with Joanne Worley <laughs> at Bucks County Playhouse. <laughs> Please don't. You'll see that. Did everybody pay their SAG dues today? I paid mine today? a couple weeks ago so I could uh, get my screeners. Yes, oh, today's the mine. last day to pay your SAG dues so you get screeners. I paid mine, yeah. I saw Saltburn over the weekend, by the way. It was so good. Really? Saltburn, yeah. How's that? It's directed by Emerald Fennel, uh, who did Promising Young Woman. And it uh-huh. is sort of like a... It is sort of cruel intentions uh meets talented Mr. Ripley. No, oh, it does sound good. It's really good. I've been watching. I've been watching Station Eleven, which actually is a year so old, maybe a few years old now, but that's on HBO Max. I've been enjoying that. I've been watching Squid Game: The Challenge. Oh, I never watched Squid Game because I heard like the, the violence was a little bit. I didn't either. I didn't watch the original, but I'm watching the reality show, and it's pretty good. No, it's a reality show. Anyway, well, I guess that's it. So I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.